Greetings and welcome to Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank, where we uncover hidden gems of understanding in the Word of God. Did you know that God offers to fulfill our needs abundantly if only we were so faith-filled as to ask for and expect them? Sometimes we Christians hesitate to ask for the big things, thinking it would be presumptuous or selfish to do so. Nonetheless, God challenges us to think big and pray big. He assures us he will supply our needs according to his will. This digging deeper focuses on a verse that has the potential to change our thinking about asking God for large blessings and expecting to receive them. Our focus verse in this article is, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Psalm 81, verse 10. This command is not as strange as it may sound. Joseph S. Excel and Henry Donald Morris Spence Jones, in there, the pulpit commentary, cite an earlier source, quote, the figure in the text is explained in Thompson's Land in the Book. It is said to have been a custom in Persia that when a king wishes to do a visitor a special honor, he desires him to open his mouth wide, and then the king then crams it full of sweetmeats, and sometimes even with jewels. And to this day, it is a mark of politeness in Orientals to tear off the daintiest bits of meat for a guest and either lay them before him or put them in his mouth, end of quote. Subsection, if only they had obeyed. As the first part of this verse indicates, reference is made to Israel's exodus from Egypt. God laments that his nation had stopped listening to him. Consequently, he gave them up to their sinful desires. How different things would have been if only they had hearkened to and obeyed him. Verses 11 to 13. He next explains how enriched their lives would have been if only they had been faithful. God would have defended them from enemies and provided them the choicest wheat and honey to satisfy their desires. Verses 14 to 16. What is notable about the opening of this psalm is that it makes reference to the Feast of Trumpets in verse 3 and probably the Feast of Tabernacles when it refers to our solemn feast day. According to the ultimate cross references treasury. The NIV study Bible describes this psalm as, quote, a festival song. It was probably composed for use at both the New Year festival, the first day of the seventh month, new moon, and the beginning of tabernacles, the 15th day of the month, full moon, as memorials of God's saving acts. Israel's annual religious festivals called the nation to celebration, remembrance, and recommitment, Psalm 95, end of quote. These festivals reminded Israel of God's Torah, that is, his law, teaching, or instruction, that related to the steps in God's plan of salvation. The churches of God will soon be observing a Feast of Tabernacles, so this psalm is relevant for our spiritual preparation for this joyous occasion. Subsection, like baby birds. Verse 10 includes a colorful metaphor, as explained by Joseph S. Excel in his The Biblical Illustrator. Quote, the psalmist had probably often noticed 
how the young birds open their mouths wide for the food which they know the parent bird will give them, and for which, therefore, they wait with such eager expectancy. And he points to this familiar fact and bids his countrymen in like manner expect blessing from God, for God will not disappoint them. End of quote. Notice that we are to expect God's blessing. Excel goes on to explain that the condition for receiving from God is, quote, open thy mouth wide. The picture is one of simple dependence and trust. Proud self-sufficiency shuts out the fullness of God. The first step to strength is to realize our own helplessness, simply to open the mouth wide, that God may fill it, end of quote. These are the prerequisites for such infilling. Albert Barnes, in his notes on the Bible, adds his perspective. Quote, the meaning here is, I can amply supply all your needs. You need not go to other gods, the gods of other lands, as if there were any deficiency in my power or resources, as if I were not able to meet your necessities. All your needs I can meet. Ask what you need, what you will. Come to me and make any request with reference to yourselves as individuals or as a nation, to this life or the life to come. And you will find in me all abundant supply for all your needs and a willingness to bless you commensurate with my resources. End of quote. Notice that Barnes makes the point that these requested blessings are not just for this life, but even for our lives in the world to come. Barnes continues in his notes on the Bible, with an application for today. Quote, what is here said of the Hebrews may be said of the people of God at all times. There is not a want of our nature, of our bodies or our souls, a want pertaining to this life or the life to come, to ourselves, to our families, to our friends, to the church or to our country, which God is not able to meet. And there is not a real necessity in any of these respects, which he is not willing to meet. End of quote. Here, Barnes expands our request to include those for loved ones, acquaintances, associates, fellow Christians, and our nation. The nations of the world truly need the prayers of God's people. Subsection, if we boldly ask. We need not be shy in asking boldly with anticipation. Adam Clark, in his commentary on the Bible, exhorts, Let your desires be ever so extensive. I will gratify them if you will be faithful to me. Thou shalt lack no manner of thing that is good. End of quote. Do we crave God's truth? This verse shows that the more morally hungry we are, the better fed we shall be. Joseph S. Excels, the Bible illustrator, explains that such a request implies health. Quote, the body without appetite for food is diseased. The intellect without appetite for truth is diseased. The soul without appetite for righteousness is diseased. End of quote. If we do not crave God's provision, we are unhealthy in some way. We must recognize our needs for God's intervention and meet God's requirement. Excel then presents the conditions for such filling. Quote, proud self-sufficiency shuts out the fullness of God. First step to strength is to realize our own helplessness, simply to open the mouth wide, that God may fill it. End of quote. 
In his The Pulpit Commentary, Joseph S. Excel notes that some never open their mouths at all. Others open their mouths, but not wide. He then presents the conditions for being fed by God. Quote, there must be, one, a mouth to open, that is, power to believe. Now we all have that and use it every day about other things. Two, need of God's blessing. Unquestionably, there is that. Three, sense of this need, consciousness of it, and distress because of it. Hunger after God's blessing. Four, will to believe. Trust is more a matter of the will than of the reason. I will trust and not be afraid. Refuse to doubt. Resolve to believe. End of quote. Subsection expecting to be filled. During the autumn festivals, God's people have the prospect of being very well fed by God through his ministers in sermonettes, sermons, and Bible studies. However, what we have read in this study explains the conditions for such infilling. We must humbly recognize our need for God's provision, ask him in believing prayer for it, and expect that he shall fill it as he has promised. According to his will and timetable, we must open our mouths like baby birds, expecting our parents to feed us. However, to be very well fed, we must open them wide. This has been Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank. To learn more about the Bible and living a godly life, go to Living Education at lcgeducation.org, sponsored by the Living Church of God.